Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I cannot wait to chat with today's guest, Robert Kaplinski. Robert has been an educator since 2003 as a classroom teacher, teacher specialist for the Downey Unified School District, an instructor for UCLA, and a presenter at conferences around the world. He co-founded the website Open Middle, has been published in Edutopia and Education Week, is the author of Open Middle Math, Problems That Unlock Student Thinking, and created the Observe Me movement. He is also the president of Grassroots Workshops, a company that provides flexible online workshops for educators. Welcome, Robert. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks, Tish. I'm happy to be here. So I would love for you to just share with the listeners a little bit about your background and your current role in education. Uh, let's see. I started as a teacher in 2003. I was actually an unemployed programmer at that point after the whole dot-com bust. Uh, wow. I was. I had an emergency credential. They actually, uh, I was the third teacher of the year. I had never taken an education class. I had never done a minute of student teaching. I basically had no business being in the classroom. Uh, and it was a, it was about as uh, productive as you could imagine. I, I loved my children, but didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, right. I was initially math and science. I eventually moved to Downey Unified School District, where I was uh, just a math teacher, and did that for about seven years. Uh, then I moved into a teacher specialist role, where I was supporting math teachers, primarily secondary math teachers. Um, eventually, I left that and started kind of doing consulting full time. And that's where I am now, really just uh, trying to support math teachers all around the world. That's fantastic. And we met earlier this year. Well, it was actually last year, and I think it was September. And I was looking for this. I was just trying to explore you know, online workshops and, and how I could create one of my own. And so we connected, and I just started chatting with you about uh, grassroots workshops and what you're doing with that. And I was so impressed with what you have going that I jumped on board and uh, spent this last, gosh, since September creating <laughs> in yeah. a workshop and super, super excited that it is going to be launching in, in just a couple days. So uh, just been a really, really awesome, awesome process and feels like such an accomplishment to have, oh, to have that sure. ready to, ready to launch to the world. Yeah. I mean, I think that educators really desire quality professional development. I, I think that one of the things that we've just taken for granted is that we as educators are expected to differentiate for our students, but how often is professional development differentiated for us? And so allowing educators to learn from the people that they know, like, and trust, I think is, is a game changer. And I think there's a lot of people who cannot wait to learn from you, Tisha. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's been such a fun process to really think about what I want to, to have in my workshop and then just really putting it together. You know, I, I spent, uh, tw what year was it that I launched my book? A couple of years back, I wrote Make Learning Magical and went through that whole writing process of of launching my book and then to spend this this last year creating the workshop it was such I mean it was 
it was intense at times, but just so satisfying to be able to to put it together and create something that I, I really hope will be super benefit beneficial for educators and and meet their needs. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of teachers. How about this? Maybe with this whole uh, COVID-19 uh, <laughs> situation, parents and, and, and family members will have a newfound appreciation for, for educators. But I think one of the challenges with education uh, is this metaphor that comes from uh, that, that I first heard from the seven habits of highly effective people uh, mm -hmm. sharpening the saw where uh, the, the, the moral of the story is just that uh, you're, you're kind of damned if you're just sawing down a tree and it, the, the blade gets dull. Mm -hmm. But you're also damned if you stopped to sharpen the, the, the blade, right? Because it feels mm -hmm. like you can't sharpen the blade sometimes. And mm -hmm. so what winds up happening is that like you're a bad teacher if you leave the classroom, but if you never leave the classroom to learn new techniques, you're a bad teacher also. So it's mm -hmm. like we mm -hmm. often feel judged. And I think that you will provide teachers with these you know, strategies that will re-energize them. And I think the fact that they can do it without leaving the classroom or, I mean, gosh, now <laughs> who's in the classroom at this point. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I think that just these are the strategies that people will look forward to using when they're back with their students. Yeah, I think so too. And and I love, um, you know, it's been kind of fun about, about putting the workshop together is, is having just all of the different modes of, of delivering, right? You have the video and you have the resource to right, resources to go with it. And, um, all of these pieces and the fact that that educators can take it at their own pace, you know, and then have that that component too, where where they can communicate with me and be able to to check in and I can answer questions. And I think it's it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, I think that's one of the. I think you, you touched on some very important points. I think sometimes people will uh, come in with this assumption that in person is more personal than online. But I want to kind of consider this. First off, when you're in person, you don't get to ask every single question you have, and you certainly don't get to get answers to every single question from the instructor. But uh, with digital, uh, with this online workshop format, you really will get the attention that you've always craved. I think also, you know, we go to these conferences and you can learn some amazing ideas in 60 to 90 minute chunks. But like, how often do you learn enough to be able to implement what you're hearing, right? So having six weeks of content that you have access to for, you know, over 16 weeks in this case, uh, I think it's a game changer. I think it's something that teachers will really realize, like, I guess in the same way, like we think, you know, we grew up with home phones and now we have very few home phones. I think we, we grew up as educators thinking, oh, all professional development is in person. I think one day we'll look back and think like, how are we not always doing it this way? Right, right, exactly. So, so true. And, and right, and especially right now, like you said, we're all home, right, with wondering what we're going to do uh, with this, this crazy time that we have on our hands, though, you know, we're all trying to figure out how we're doing school too, and, and in that world, but um, to have that flexibility of, of still getting professional development uh is is really is really a great option yeah i mean i i've already searched uh i've already googled like best shows on netflix four times right um, <laughs> and, I, and i'm looking for things to do and i think i guess what i hope for teachers is that brings some sort of sense of normalcy and some sort of sense of community interacting yes. with other educators who are going through it and uh i hope that 
it's something that really fills a, a need for many educators right now. Absolutely. So, so my mind's launching and it's called keys to unlock magical learning. Maybe you can share some of the other, the other workshops that are going to be launching as well this week. Yeah. So Pam Harris has a workshop, uh, specifically for sixth and seventh grade math teachers. Uh, it's about, uh, ratios and proportions. It's called building powerful, a proportional reasoning ratios and proportions. And, uh, if you're a sixth and seventh grade math teacher who has been, I mean, the reality is that we're expected to teach. So my background is mathematics. I was a math mm -hmm. major at UCLA. Uh, and if you're anything like me, you're expected to teach in ways that no one ever taught you. Uh, mm -hmm. And she really feels a gap that I didn't realize I had had, which was that I don't know what a tape diagram is or a bar model or some of these things. So uh, I think that's great. I also have uh, an online workshop uh, for math teachers that's for, for kindergarten through 12th grade. That's basically how to build a math class around problem solving. Uh, I think we're, we're, we've got this weird situation where we think problem solving might be word problems, except uh, there's no word problem. Like, I mean, think about the math of life right now, mm -hmm. like trying to figure out how long is this COVID-19 uh, going to last or how many people will be affected by it. Like there's right. no textbook problem. You can't write a word problem for that, right? There's no social distancing in any textbooks we're, we're looking at. And so the kind of math you need is not the kind of math we teach. And so my workshop really talks about how do you learn the kind of problem solving? How do you teach the kind of problem solving that students will need to actually be college and career ready? That's awesome. And I love that too, because it just makes it relevant. And I think that that's one of the things that that we all struggle with with math is that how can we, it doesn't seem like it connects to real life. And so when you can actually frame it in a way that's super relevant and connects to two students world, I mean, it, it, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. I think the deep, dark, deep, deep, dark secret of mathematics teachers is that uh, the vast majority of the K-12 math we're supposed to teach no one ever uses again. Mm-hmm. Right. And we don't want to really think about that, right? Because we think if that's the way we were taught, then we have to teach our students that way. But again, there's so much math you really need to be successful in life that's not taught. And there's so much math we do teach that no one ever uses. So something about that's not right. And I think that my workshop will help you feel like you have more balance where the stuff you're teaching is really what people really need. And it helps them become deep mathematical thinkers. Yeah, that's awesome. So with this launch, it's it's a little different this time than your typical launches because of this crazy season of life that we are in with COVID-19. What can people expect when they sign up for these workshops? What are some of the things that, that will be offered through this workshop that may be a little bit um, different than, than the typical workshop launch? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you three things that, that come to mind. Uh, the first one is we were we were scheduled to have your workshop and all the workshops launch May 25th. And um, you, if anyone gets to work with you, they'll realize you're a, a superstar's superstar. And you have done so much work to get, I mean, it was already a tight time frame, And now you're doing it two months early, but you care about teachers and you're ready to sacrifice your own like sanity to get it done <laughs> early. So they have it. So uh, we pushed up uh, the availability of all of our workshops 
basically two and a half months. And the reality was that the feedback we got from teachers is, yeah, this is all nice, but we hope to have our lives back by May. And at that mm-hmm. point, we're not really going to be interested in this. We need access to the content now because this is when we have uh, lots of time. And I get it. So mm-hmm. we we did what was the tough choice and we moved it up two months and here we are. So uh, what's important to note is that normally you would get uh, each workshop has six weeks of content and 10 additional weeks of access time. We moved it up uh, seven weeks and uh, so maybe my math is off a little bit. We moved it up seven weeks. And so now you're going to get an additional seven weeks of access time. So either way, you were going to have access until September 11th, but now you're getting access even sooner. Uh, And actually, uh, another difference is that you get access. Normally, you'll have to wait for the workshop to begin. Now you get access the moment you register. So as soon as you register, you can start, which leads me to sort of the next way of thinking about it. Normally, what we do is that we we release uh, each module of the six modules one at a time. So one is in week one, the next one's in week two, et cetera. And the benefit of this is that you kind of have a critical mass of people talking about the same things on the message board. The downside to that is that you have situations where like you have free time now, not later, but you can't work on it because it's not available. So we're throwing out the game plan and we are giving you access to every single thing immediately. So uh, you, it's like binge watching Netflix, right? You, if you want to do a one, you know, one episode a week, great. If you want to do one module a week, great. But if you want lots of content to do right now, it's ready for you. Uh, I would say also an important difference is that um, we realize that uh, budgets are tight. Um, if you're anything like me, uh, you have spent more at the grocery store than you uh, mm-hmm. ever anticipated spending. <laughs> uh, if totally. you're some, like some other people I've seen, you probably also have $400 in toilet paper at your house. Right. <laughs> and um, so we are, we've never actually sold our workshops at less than uh, full cost, and but we are now. So if you use the, the coupon code uh, GW2020, so uh, GW2020, you can get 20% off of the workshop. But I, I would say a lot of it's still the same. Like you can still earn two to four graduate level professional development credits to move on the pay scale. Uh, you still have access to the same great content. Um, we we have uh, we're approved in many different states to offer cre- credits or whatever you call it, professional development points or continuing education units towards renewing your credential or license or certificate. So, I, I we I mean I really hope it'll be a great fit for many people, uh, mm-hmm. whether you're taking it now or later. Absolutely, and I so appreciate that you are responsive to the needs of teachers. You know, you got feedback that people were ready for it now, and and they didn't want to wait. And so I love that you that that's your heart. Like you want to to be flexible to meet the needs of educators, and and in this crazy time that we're in that's going to give educators so much flexibility because some are crazy right now trying to create, you know, new distance learning plans for their, for their classroom, for their districts. Some might have more time on their hands right now and are able to dive into a course. So now they'll have that extended time to work on it uh, when it best meets their needs. And, um, and that's awesome. So yeah, I'm super, super excited about the launch and uh, I, I know it's going to, I know that all of the courses that you offer are going to be amazing. So highly recommend that you check out grassrootsworkshops.com and, and see all the, the awesome workshops that are out there. 
So I would love to talk a little bit about your book because with this time that we have on our hands right now in isolation and social distancing, people might be reading more. So maybe <laughs> share a little bit about your book, which is called Open Middle, right? Open Middle yeah. Math, Problems That Unlock Student Thinking. So how did you how did you get the idea to write the book and maybe share a little bit about what people can find if they if they purchased it so i think a lot of um a lot of my personal educational experience both as student and teacher has been like this like contradiction of i freaking hated the way i was taught math and guess what i'm teaching math the same way i hated mm -hmm. <laughs> and in trying to process that and how I was okay with it, I think I come down to like, I didn't know any better way of doing it. Like I was doing it the way I was done, taught. And I've always kind of just been trying to think of how could we do it differently? And, and I think it's important one, like there's no one who was like, hell yes, more worksheets, right? Um, yeah. But yet we do it for our students. And I think we realized like after the first four problems or so on there, you're either getting them all right or getting them all wrong. You're not like, like, oh, now I finally get it, right? You're, you're basically repeating this robotic procedure um, that's not very helpful. Mm -hmm. And so open middle problems, what I have found, so the basic idea, we, we first had this idea uh, after listening to this math educator named Dan Meyer. And I think what's important to realize is uh, problems have beginnings, middles, and ends. And we often say, oh, I love open-ended problems. And, and open-ended problems are good. What I think people really love are open middle problems. And let me give you an example. Um, think about like any reality TV show you've seen, The Amazing Race, um, mm -hmm. The Bachelor. Uh, I'm going to spoil every single season for you. Here's how it's going to go. Uh, in the beginning, there's a lot of contestants. And at the end, one of them wins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. Wait. The reason you stick around is because you want to see what happens in the middle, right? The beginning is yeah. always the same. The ending is always the same. It's just what happens in the middle. I mean, it's the same for treasure hunt stories. Guess what? It begins with the map. Guess what? At the end, they find the treasure, but it's what happens in the middle that matters. So uh, specifically what, I, what Dan kind of talked about was this idea of what if we had problems that have closed beginnings and closed endings, meaning they all start with the same problem and they all get the same answer, but they allow for multiple strategies for solving it. And then you can have these conversations about like how, like this person added five plus five plus five plus five, and this person multiplied five times, whatever I just said, three or four. Mm -hmm. And how are those connected? Like addition's the same thing as multiplication. Like how is that connected? And you can have these conversations where people start to see, uh, students start to see the connections between the different strategies. Uh, someone might have drawn a picture and you see, you could, and you could talk about like, where do you see five plus five plus five in a picture? Or where do you see mm -hmm. uh, three groups of five? And so students can see how it all is connected together. And so it's it's really about a series of problems that uh, have these potential. Like I can I can give uh, your listeners an example if you like. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, so I want you to. Uh, a lot of problems typically have uh, blank boxes that you have to fill in with a number. So I'll, I'll give you an example that is one of my favorite problems. So imagine a, a fraction that had two block boxes in the top in the numerator and two in the denominator in the bottom. So it'd be like blank, blank over blank, blank. 
So you can put the numbers one through nine in those a single digit in each box. So if you put like a one in the first box and a two and then a three and a four, you might have 12 over 34. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, how can you choose your digits so that that fraction is as close to one as possible? Hmm. All right. So maybe you start with one, two over three, four, and you've got 12 over 34. Now that's not like super close to one. Could you get closer? And now you start to realize like, typically when you're, when you're comparing fractions, the problem looks like this one half on one side and two thirds on the other side. And now you have a circle in the middle where you have to put less than greater than or equal to, mm-hmm. and you could give a, a student like a whole worksheet of those mm-hmm. and they could rock it. And that same student could be obliterated by the problem that I just told you, like, what digits do you pick? Do you just keep randomly picking digits? How do I know? Like some students might realize, oh, I want to make the numerator and the denominator as close together as possible, because that's what mm-hmm. happens when you look like one, like that's a great piece of understanding. So what's the closest you can make them? Like you can't repeat a digit. I guess that's important to mention. You can't repeat a digit. So you can't do like five, five over five, five and make 55 over 55. So what can you do and how do you choose them? And so uh, what's important is that everyone begins with the same problem. Mm -hmm. There's exactly one right answer to that problem. Mm -hmm. But how the hell do you get that answer is a really challenging thing. And and trying to figure out like different realizations, like what should I use smaller digits or, or bigger digits? You know, how, how, what's the relationship between my numerator and denominator? And you'll see things like uh, students who appear to have no misconceptions have hidden misconceptions you were unaware of. Mm. Uh, there are amazing conversations. Like when you have kids do worksheets, it's really like, all right, you do the odds, I'll do the evens or, and not really good yeah. conversations. But here you have kids who think like, I got the best answer. It's, it's so close to one. And then someone else crushes them and says, no, mine's closer. And now they have a fight and they have mm. to use math to actually talk about it. And so this book is filled with that kind of stuff. It's talk, I talk about like, first off, what are open middle problems? Um, how do you pick one? How do you prepare to do the lesson? How do you prepare for the conversation? How do you facilitate the conversation? What do you do when things don't go as you plan? Cause it never goes as you plan and even how to make your own problems. I wrote it for both people who are unfamiliar to open middle and people who've been using it for years. Uh, and, and really I wrote it conversationally. Um, at first I thought I'd write like authoritatively, like I, I know everything about open middle and I will tell you all the ways to do it. <laughs> and I realized I freaking hate when people write that way. And so I wrote it just like as a conversation in a staff lounge, just, uh, questions and, and talking. Uh, and I guess I'll say that, uh, I wrote the shortest possible book I could write. And by, I mean by that is like, I, there are very few math teachers who are like, I wish this book was longer. And okay. so, uh, it's not too long. It, it's a, it's, it's a fairly quick read. And uh, I really hope that teachers find that it gives them the skills that they wish they had when they were students. I love that. And, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, in my role uh, as a tech integration specialist, I'm always trying to help teachers bring more creativity, collaboration, communication, critical thinking, and curiosity into what they do. And as you were talking, I'm like, that checks all of those boxes. You know, they're they're communicating, having conversations, they're critically thinking, they're being creative, um, they are collaborating together, and you're piquing that curiosity because they're like, hmm, like what, you know, they're they they want to know how to how to figure it out. And so I love that all of those things are involved and how much more it 
engaging and immersive that is for students than just answering questions on a worksheet. Yeah, and, and, and I, if you're interested in this and you're and you're not ready to buy the book, but you're curious, I'll, I'll give you two things to check out. Uh, first, if you're on Twitter, search for the hashtag why open middle. So it's hashtag WHY open middle. And I've shared basically, there are so many tweets that are essentially this formula. Um, tried this problem with my students. They wouldn't stop talking about different ways of solving it. Uh, they said it was fun. Uh, they didn't want to stop. Uh, I need to do more of these. And, and you'll find that these are people who are from calculus teachers, second grade, fifth grade, eighth grade, uh, now the whole army of homeschooling teacher parents. Right. Uh, and so if you're skeptical, check out what everyone else is saying. All right. So now you're like, okay, this is interesting. How do I learn more? So you also want to go to openmiddle.com. That's O-P-E-N-M-I-D-D-L-E.com. Um, so I co-founded the website and I run it, um, but it's a team of volunteers that, that take care of it. And uh, what we did is that if you'll, if you look at the homepage, you'll find, I think it's a blue button that talks about like download our favorite problems from every grade level. Uh, and so what happens is uh, the, the team basically decided what their favorite problem was at every grade level from kindergarten through calculus. So if you're curious, but not sure where to get started, I would start there because it's a great problem to pick. It's got uh, the problem itself, a hint, the answers, why we love the problem. And it's a great place to start. And then you can find, we've got hundreds of problems at elementary, middle and high school. And, and honestly, if you're a parent and you're like, what the hell am I gonna be using to keep my kid occupied? These are great problems because uh, they will immobilize your child, getting them to think deeply about mathematics and lead to some really great conversations. Uh, so definitely check out that button as I think it'll really help you uh, know where to start. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great site. It was so funny. It was probably about two or three months ago. Uh, I got this email from my curriculum director. I was I was tagged with a, a bunch of other educators and it was said something like, check out this awesome math website, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I've just talked to him this morning. That's Robert. <laughs> so I was just funny that the, the coincidence that she just shared this awesome resource that we should all check out. And uh, I just happened to be working with you on my workshop. So we, I just put together a parent resource website for our district in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic uh, so that parents have some resources at home while they have their kids and trying to figure out how to continue learning. So your your site is on that resource on that resource website. Good I'm stuff. Grateful that people are finding it. Yeah, it's, it's it's I think once you see it, you'll realize you'll wonder, like, how did you not always have this? Yeah, no, that is amazing. So I'm wondering how, as we, we've, we've brought up COVID-19 quite a, a few times, because I think we're, we're both just like, I don't know, it, it's almost this surreal feeling um, to be in the midst of this pandemic that is unprecedented. We've never experienced anything like this before. And I think we're all just kind of reeling from it. How, how are you, um, how are you practicing self-care in all of this? Because I think we all have this, this level of stress and anxiety of just watching all of this unfold and not really knowing where we're headed in, in these uncertain times. What, what's something that you're doing to manage the this, this stress of it all? 
I'm not going to lie and say I got it all figured out. Like it's, I think I, I alternate between, um, a sense of just sheer gratitude that I have so many comforts that I, I, I did, I wouldn't have had earlier in my life. And a lot of people uh, don't have now mm-hmm. mixed with, uh, overwhelming fear of, I have no idea what to expect going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of self-care, I think, I think I'm looking for opportunities to feel normal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's doing work or whatnot, I, I, I think a secret outlet of mine in, in a secret hope for these workshops is that it could make people feel normal for like a certain amount of minutes a day, you know, just yeah. watching a video. Um, I'd like to say spending time with family is, is, is how I do it. And I definitely enjoy that. But I mean, that's a new normal. It's a great thing. Like I think one day I'll very, I'm very grateful that I get to spend time with my family, but even that, I mean, just trying to navigate the relationships. I mean, when you've, Go to, from seeing each other, you know, four hours a day to seeing each other 24 hours a day. It's a big difference. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I used to go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly going to say that I'm not sure how, but I think that knowing that I'm not crazy for feeling this level of worry helps mm-hmm. me realize like, uh, that that's okay. But I guess I'm used to someone who being someone who can, you know, plan things out and be in control and, and yeah. having no control over anything. Uh, I have to learn how to become more comfortable with. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it, it has helped me actually to have this workshop to focus on and, and really be, feel like I can be helpful to my district and just trying to navigate this, this new world of, um, learning from home that we are in. So it's helped me kind of pour into that, but I definitely have needed the, um, for me, I really needed to go. I run, I'm a, I'm a, a, not a, um, competitive runner, but a recreational runner, I guess. And I just need to get outside and to just run. And so I've, I've ran, I think a little bit more than I normally do just because it's, it's a stress reliever for me. And I feel so much better when I do. So it's, I think for me, it's that combination of pouring myself into my work and then just like, just getting to have that, that exercise, um, and fresh air in my life. So luckily we've had fairly good weather here <laughs> where I've been able yeah. to get outside. I mean, so. I, I look forward to days when we joke about how people bought like four pallets of toilet paper. Um, I know. I'm not at the point where that's funny yet, but no. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Actually, I know the answer to your question. I have been sharing a ridiculous amount of COVID-19 memes with my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that honestly, like laughter has been yes. really the, the best way. So if you have any COVID-19 memes, um, please DM them to me on or tag me on Twitter. Uh, I could use every laugh that you could send me. <laughs> That's I think so I'm joking, true. but I'm not. No, no. You know what? I appreciate that you say that because I think laughter is so important that we can find ways to, to just you know, all of this seems so, so uncertain and and scary at times, but if we can just find ways to laugh and 
and to find the humor in in the craziness i think i think that that's really important so i i'm so grateful to you robert for giving me the opportunity to launch my workshop through grassroots i am incredibly excited to to get this journey started and i can't believe that it's it's almost here so my um my workshop will be open to registration on friday as well as the others as, as well they all are aren't they correct 8 a.m pacific on friday 8 a.m pacific on friday which this podcast is launching friday so when you hear this uh the registration will be open so that is so so exciting and robert you are amazing it's, it's like i said been such an honor to work with you and you have so many amazing resources to share so people who are looking to follow you on social media how can they find you uh, if there's a benefit to being a Kaplinsky is that you can kind of get your uh, a handle pretty easily. <laughs> right. Uh, there's, there's actually a couple Robert Kaplinskys. Uh, one of them stole my Instagram uh, account. Uh, so I'm a little bit upset with that person. But I'm at Robert <laughs> Kaplinsky everywhere except ex there's no bitterness except Instagram <laughs> where I'm at Robert underscore Kaplinsky. Oh, the underscore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, connect with me. Um, I, I really... Uh, especially right now, any sort of normalcy I'll be is a welcome distraction. So um, yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Robert. Uh, you are awesome. Thank you, Tisha. Have a magical day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Follow me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, and join my Gamifying Family and Consumer Science group on Facebook. You can also find lots of resources and my blog at tisharichmond.com. Thank you.